When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, sitting across from me, the great Action Jackson. Jackson, tell me what the word is. What's the word? What a what a week last week it was. What a week. Tell me, tell me, tell me your emotions on it. We are doing this is our second week at Hubbard. Mm-hmm. We are in the TMA studios. It is January 10th, 2022. What are your emotions? I'll kind of go through it. So, Oh, wow. Okay. I'm kind of anxious to hear this. Sounds like you're going to go into the So into Monday the evening, which was the evening before our first show going into Tuesday, obviously there's nerves, but nerves coupled with excitement. After the first show, nerves went away. Excitement crescendoed. Mm. Really mm. did. Uh, then we go to the balloon party. And that excitement turned into pure panic. I mean, just... I was curious if you were going to be honest, because if you weren't, I was going to have to call you out. No, pure panic. And tell the audience why there was pure panic. All right, so I did not know, and it's not anyone's fault by any means, did not know I was going to be running the board at 101. Headphones, couldn't hear a damn thing. Really thought we were just... Now, I didn't know that part until... Yeah. Like the next day, I didn't know that. Broadcast. I thought the whole time we were broadcasting to just ourselves, which is what we're really doing right now yes um then just uh you know really we was trying to find, we were both trying to find our footing with the content of the show and so uh yeah so that the panic kind of and then i also did that sports center update i didn't know you were gonna be doing those yeah that was uh that that kind of gets in your head a little bit i've noticed I volunteer to do the Sports Center update. Yes, and I don't. I want. I want. You want it. Yes. You want that airtime. You want I, those reps. I don't like. I don't like to quit on stuff. I want to get. I'd rather get better at it, and so uh, so I've gotten better at it. Um, but it's preparation is the key there because I don't like. But how honestly, I have no idea because I'm kind of tuned out sure, during sure. the break. Yeah. How long are they? Are they supposed to be a certain? Is the meat of the update supposed to be a certain amount of time? I would imagine it's probably. It's it's fluid. It depends on how much sports there is that day. I think. Really, I would imagine it's like got to be th- thirty seconds at the most of meat. It's a sponsorship thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say probably right around then. And you know, I try to if their local teams are playing, like when the Blues are playing, I like to give that score. Or if they're playing that night, you can always catch it on one on one ESPN. So I mentioned that. Uh, I mentioned Missouri basketball, right. slew basketball, and then when the Cardinals come back, whenever that may be, um, that will obviously be mentioned every day. So. That that kind of made me a deer in the headlights, but I know it, I saw that look on your face and I felt terribly. But when something like that presents itself, it's also an opportunity to advance your skills and be better. So you take that as all right. Let's spin it. Let's work on what we what I need to do personally, and then from there we make it better. Watch this. Watch this. Watch me preach. Mm. 
take a chance on becoming comfortable in the future by risking being uncomfortable in the present. Take a chance on being comfortable in the future by making yourself uncomfortable in the present. Mm, Prolific. No, I'm excited about myself again. (laughs) Again. Well... I felt I, I felt I felt bad I felt badly for you. That is that is somebody's fault. I mean, if we're being honest about it, and I think somebody would take responsibility for the fact that you didn't know you were running the board. I thought you were going to learn to run the board in the first week. Yeah, and then it wasn't like a monster thing that somebody no. did maliciously. No. It was just whatever. No, no. So mouth. that was tough. I had no idea about the headphones thing. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm having headphones issues too. And a listener sent us the ones that both of us are wearing. Yeah, Gangster Pete gave these to me. And, I don't, and it was a listener who sent them. I think a guy lived in Chicago. And I, I'm still using them. I think it's been a year or two at this I point. I use them for gaming, too. I, I play am, with my friends. Oh, is that right? Is that yeah, right? you see this little uh, Oh, nub, is that the hookup? The nub. Yeah, right I see here. it right there. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Check out your nubbin. I got a little nubbins. Um, so that that sucks. And then I'm going to go I'm gonna go behind the scenes for the people. Inside baseball. Yeah, this is going to be inside baseball. Two. Here are my two easily... Biggest surprises of the first week, really the first day, but the first week at Hubbard, inside baseball. People, for whatever reason, and I don't want to say for whatever reason, because then it's like it's dismissing it. It's a good thing that people are interested. Yeah, I, I don't want to mock it. I'm not mocking it. For us, it's what we do. But I also think, I mean, this is a this is a stretch of an analogy, but like when Edmonds was playing and he owned part of Inside STL, it was understood. I would. I just. He didn't say it. It was just kind of understood. I am media guy. He is player, and I can't cross the line. Mm. Even though I certainly was interested in some of the the activities of the team, the struggles of the team, the good things with the team. For him, I think it would. It would be. I, I so looking back on it now, now that it's been a while, I don't think it was something that was unspoken that we don't talk about it. I think for him, it's just like he doesn't talk about it. Because it's it's his job. Like, I would text with him, I remember in 2006, and I'd say, what are you up to? He goes, I'm just driving down to work. And I was like, work? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I don't I don't get why, why is that funny, you know? And, you know, but that's, so if somebody said, yeah, I got to go, you know, I got to get up and go to work, they might go, you morons dicking around on the radio at <laughs> 7 in the morning is not work versus what most people do for a living. Certainly. So there is interest in it. It's great that there is interest in it because a time will come that there will be no interest in it. And yeah. so you got to understand that, that that's, you know, the cost of having an audience. And it's a good thing. You want to have an audience. So that's fine. Um, so I, I shall give some inside baseball. My biggest surprise. Do you have any biggest surprises before I reveal my biggest surprises? I've got two. The YouTube numbers was one of them. That's that's one of them. Yeah, that was surprising. In a great way, a surprise. Stunning. Stunning. Um, that has been a stunning thing. Other than that... No. YouTube.com slash TMASTL if you have not been watching. Or you can just go back and watch the shows. You don't even have to watch them live. Plus the clips that you and the Plowhawk put up. No By doubt. the way, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes, We're sir. like just shy of 3,000 subscribers already on that thing. Yeah, this and it's been up for two weeks. Yeah. Has it been two weeks? I don't I, even know it's been I, two weeks. I think, yeah, either like just short, short of two weeks. And so to get that kind of numbers, it's... It's awesome, and there's going to be content coming in there all the time, so it's a great place to subscribe to. Yep, just shy of uh, 3,000. So anyway, so yes, the YouTube numbers. So that was the, the most po- – just didn't see that coming. 
uh, that was that has been I don't, just so pleasant, for lack of a better term, because going further into the weeds, the show has been on the air since July 2004. The radio show has been. Podcast, October 1st, 2017. But there has never been a live metric tracking the numbers on this show. The only metric we've really had, well, the one that matters, the only one that matters is advertisers' return on investment. When it's all said and done, that's all that matters. But um, there's never been a metric for live listeners to the show in its, you know, 17 and a half year history. The one that got things going, as I will say often when asking how this deal came to fruition with Hubbard, is downloads. That was what caught their attention, which was huge. Thank goodness we got to a point where I said, just let me send in the downloads, and they're fine. And then they looked and they go, oh, my goodness. Uh, so that was, but as far as live to see, I think it got to 800 on day one, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. Uh, that, that I for real, going into the day one show, I would have said, oh, you know, and I think we had 3,800 total, but unique. But at one time, we had 800. And that, I would have set the over-under at 300. And that might have been high. I'm saying 300 with the benefit of hindsight now. I don't know if I would have said 300. Yeah, if you think about th- putting 300 people in a room, you're like, wow, At, at one time, it's all... 7 in the morning when yeah. people are getting ready for work most Certainly. of the time. But a lot of people are working from home now, so the game has changed versus yeah. this time two years ago. So that there, there's that. And then Inside Baseball and Balloon Party. So I, I, I with Balloon Party... As you know a little bit, Jackson, and I'll go into it more here on the podcast than I did on the radio show, um, you, Doug, Iggy, the Plowhawk, and the Cat um, were all kept in the dark, for lack of a better term, on what was going on in 2021 with negotiations. Had you been aware of everything, you would have gone nuts with how much things changed over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. It was It was nuts. I don't know if, if I were to go into the details of it, if people would be that interested in it. Uh, I, w- I certainly wouldn't do it anytime soon, but maybe, you know, years down the road. Um, you know, because w- for real, I think, God, man, five five different possible outcomes over the, a period of 10 months, I would say. Um, maybe more than that. Yeah, I was going to say that number might be considered. Yeah, though. now that I'm, like, actually going through them in my head. Um, and I think, well, I don't think. Knowing what they are, I think the outcome is, and you you have a good idea of them now, the outcome is the best possible scenario. And it's not even close. Yeah, we, we, we hit gold. We and, struck the jackpot. But, it, but, but it's, it's not just from our standpoint, it's also from the Hubbard ownership or management, I should say, standpoint, maybe ownership too, but I, the people I communicate with, the management. Um, because a couple of things. I wanted everybody to be on the show would have loved to have had the cat here we got five of six um i would have loved to uh, or it was important to me to not change the fact that we do hour-long segments that that was only possible in a format like we have on a station like we have with 105.7 hd2 uh heretofore known as the plant and tmastl.com and uh, youtube so that was incredibly important um but in addition to that, uh, I wanted to start doing some things on my own because, you know, Doug is not going to be doing this 10 years from now. Mm. I would imagine that should be obvious, but maybe people aren't, you know, thinking that way. Um, and I don't know on Iggy. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't speak for him on that one. But, but so, you know, it's like, okay, TMA can continue to exist. I am, I am the last person of the original group of uh, me, Martin, the cat, and producer Joe and Stedman, who were on the, the original broadcast of the Morning Grind back in the day. Um, and who knows, maybe someday the cat would be back. Who knows? Uh, Jennings being involved. Who knows? I don't know what will happen. I would have, I mean, to, to, to say I would have seen this happening uh, 18 months ago would, would be disingenuous. I did not. To see it happening even a couple of months ago, uh, I did not. So two months ago, approximately, Tommy Mattern, who is um, the uh, head of programming at Hubbard, and Hubbard has not just 105.7 The Point, and we are on the HD2, The Plant, but has Casey, has 101 ESPN, has 92.3 WIL, and has uh, 106.5 The Arch, asked me about doing 10 to 11 on 101 ESPN. And... Because I knew I wanted to do more with this podcast, and because I knew I wanted to do more with Sound Story, I was already kind of diversifying, as I call it, my career, because I don't know what the long, long-term future is for TMA. And on top of it, I want to start doing some of my own things, and doing more of my own things. But I didn't want my interest in doing some of my own things to then impact you guys on TMA, mm-hmm. and then potentially people losing their jobs. So that was why it was so important for uh, us to keep this going. Plus, I love doing it, and on top of it, it's got a huge following, you know, huge being relative to St. Louis. And so why mess with something that's working? You, you run it as long as you can and as much as we're all enjoying doing it. So that, that wasn't in doubt. So the one-on-one thing gets presented to me, and I'm like, the first reaction was, I don't do what they do on one-on-one. And I don't want to mess with 101, and I don't want 101 to, you know, change what I do. So I appreciate it. Very kind. But I think I will, you know, tip my cap and, and politely decline. So he said, well, what is, what is your issue? I said, I said I, you know, it's, it's tough to talk about this kind of stuff because then you kind of get into money. But, I mean, it all, everything does come down to money. To be just fully transparent, and Tommy's so cool with me talking about everything with regards to, I mean, not like the detail details, but like the numbers, but this wasn't something where I was like, oh, if you do 101, you're going to get, you know, a bunch of money. That's just not, that's not, that's not the deal. Um, there's a, that, that, it's just, it's just not. The thought process on my end was, uh, well, I'll do it, but it's important to me to do what I do. That, that was the conversation. Yeah. And he goes, I understand that, and I want you to do what you do. It is a sports station, but when you do talk sports, which I know you don't necessarily do a whole lot of on TMA, but when you do it on your podcast and when you do it on TMA or when you have a guest on your podcast, he goes, it's really good, and I think it would be good to – to put it on 101. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm like, okay, it's it's an hour. You and I do this thing and we'll go two and a half hours and I could do it in my sleep, yeah. you know? So thinking, okay, we'll give it a run. Ah, you know, I'm flattered by it. It's I want to make it clear, I'm honored that I was even asked, but it isn't a it isn't a money thing, you know, to be clear without 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 uh without 
I don't even know how I can say it. <laughs> I, all I can do is because I don't think there's a good way. I don't think there's a good way. You can never talk about money really effectively unless you're just laying it out. And I'm not going to lay it out. That wouldn't play well. But what what I'm saying is this: it it is not it is not a when I lay out my compensation and my compensation is tied to a variety of different things. The 101 piece is like, oh, you know, okay, it's there. It's it, I, I want the show to be successful because I want the show to be successful. But if they said, now, nah, you know, Dan's going to come back and do it, it, I'd be like, oh, okay, I can then go do my podcast and talk about what I usually talk about on my podcast or do more with Soundstore, whatever the case might be. So that is, if I can, if, 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 am I conveying this properly, Jackson? Tell me what I'm doing. Tell me, tell me if you're a listener, what you're thinking as I say this. Tell you've me. gone inside baseball. Have I gone inside baseball? Yeah, you've gone inside baseball. I think people will appreciate that. So. So then we go in. So this is the second part of the surprise. So in my mind, my version of talking sports is we BS and whatever people are texting in, then I BS back with them. That is what I have done. That's what we do on pick six when we have comments going on. That's what we do on QFTA. So I open up the text line, as it's called on 101 ESPN, um, and... I mean, we've got banny roosters, and we've got banny roosters by the dozens. Yeah, <laughs> understatement. Panty is an understatement. Furious is how more I describe it. Because they're not used to the style that the TMA audience is used to, right. which is, I don't even know, I, I would describe it as, as conversational. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, loosely f- structured conversations. Structured is a very debatable word. For TMA, but that's the way I like it. That's yeah. that's my preference, and obviously at this point, you know, even if one hates it, I don't think they could dispute that it's got a following, even if you don't like it. Uh, similar to, I know a lot of TMA people are like, well, I don't like the format of Balloon Party because you guys have to break, and I, I get it because you get used to what we do on TMA. I totally understand it, but, you know, I think everybody would understand this. It's not me and Jackson. You know, this is the way that this is the station is set up, and it's done for the people meters which is how a radio station of that size and of KC size and 105.7 The Point and so on and so forth, it's how they get their ratings. So that is, that's the way that it works out. TMA, with never having gotten ratings, which probably won't ever get ratings because we won't be on a station where we get ratings, it wouldn't play for the ratings because we just go for an hour plus. And it works, so there's no need to mess with it. So I just start going and doing what we do on TMA with just kind of BSing. And like I said, the Banny Roosters. (laughs) Plus on top of that, as Jackson alluded to at the outset, uh, Jackson's on the board, which I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I thought Jackson wasn't on the board. You didn't say, oh, my God, I'm on the board. You just started doing it with some help. But then apparently you couldn't hear. I didn't know about that. That was was, was a realization. (laughs) And... And then the text line, which for TMA, even if it's attacking, and it is, most of, I would say 80% of the ta- the text, but they're kind of more roasts yes. than they are, you know. Yeah. So then I look in that as like a source of back and forth, and I go, whoa, what, net, what did I do or say that upset these people so much? Now, I am used to being hated. It's a weird thing. This was something, somebody asked me this. Timmy Recaps, I believe, asked me this on Friday night on the uh, fan page. And he's, because they love the screenshots I post, which reminds <laughs> me, I haven't posted one from the uh, the text line today. He said, I don't know. He goes, it's, it's funny. He goes, at the same time, I, I would think it would, would 
I think it would drive me up the wall to see that and then also to see the weird things that guys will post on pictures of your family on your personal page. And so here's my explanation on that. And I don't think you're there yet. But by the time you're 30, you will be, assuming you're still doing this stuff. When you've done it for as long as I've done it, you, it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because that would be disingenuous. But it doesn't, the punch doesn't have the same impact that it does the first few times you get hit. That's the best way to describe it. And in a way, if you get to a point where you have a following, hatred is doing business. It's just the way that it works. Who is the most talented sportscaster in your mind right now? Go. Joe Buck. Hated. Big time. Yeah. Who is the most powerful person in the world right now? Uh, American. Jeff Bezos. Okay. Nice. Well, hated. Hated. I was I was setting you up to answer the president. Yeah. Well, yeah, he would have the most influence, but Bezos might well, Bezos might actually have the most influence. Who knows? Point being, that that's just the cost of doing business. Now, yeah. of course, there are a billion, 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 trillion times. Yeah. But I'm just talking about it's just, it's the nature of the beast. At the same time, I know when I say this, if you haven't experienced it, and most people don't, which is probably a good thing, you don't. You it's tough to relate to it. And I'm not saying it's a, it, like I said. I think it's a good thing for people not to like the idea of my son, for example, and my soon-to-be-born son experiencing what I have gotten used to experiencing, and to an extent you have started to get, uh, and certainly have gotten at 101. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anybody who walks in there, yeah. it could have been me and Doug, and it would have been, because it just it wouldn't have been what they're used to. Yeah. But that, that's that's a separate thing, and we can talk about that, and I will talk about it, but the the hatred element of doing what we do, you know, like I've talked with my dad about it, just because he'll ask me, he goes, you really get, I go, yeah, that's just, the, that's the deal. He goes, God, I just can't imagine that. I said, yeah, I guess if you don't, if you're not used to it, uh, you, you can't, you can't imagine what it's like. But at the same time, if you're going to do this stuff for a living, it would be bad if it bothered you. And again, I want to emphasize, it's not that it doesn't bother me. It's just kind of a in one ear, out the other kind of a thing. If somebody who whose opinion mattered were to say, hey, you know, I was listening to TMA this morning. They said, I was listening to your podcast. Or I was listening to Balloon Party or wherever else I would appear and said, that was not good. I'd go, really? But you fucking suck or you're the fucking greatest. Both of them, yeah. by the way, both of them. Uh, an article, I guess, about us making the move to Hubbard that came out in December. Um, my in-laws uh, saved that and, and, and brought the newspaper. But I said, that's very nice of you. I appreciate the sentiment. But there will be, for every one good one, there will be probably five bad ones. And I don't want the one good one, and I don't want the five bad ones yeah. either. I just, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to say I don't care, because that's disingenuous. I just don't care much. Yeah, can't get too high, can't get too low. It just doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I know what matters, and what matters are the dollars, as I always say. The dollars are not public information, nor should they be. But the dollars are what matters. So that's an important point. If somebody is bringing in revenue, the person has a job, or they will, they will find a spot for the person to have a job or the show to have a place to do its show. That is reality. If it doesn't or if the host does not, then, the, then that person is going to, at some point, lose their job. That is the reality. 
So with regards to 101, I come in there going, okay, Tommy and I had talked about this back in November. And as Jackson knows, I was not like, yes, let's go to Hubbard because then I can do a show on 101. When I made the announcement, it was like the 15th yeah. paragraph down. Yeah, it was a minor detail. Yeah. If anything, we spent more time talking about why the show was called Balloon Party. Yeah. But my thought process on calling it Balloon Party was twofold. Fold number one, the Tim McKernan show was already the name of this podcast. Yeah. So I didn't want to mess with that. And then number two, I'm like, well, names don't matter. And so I'd like to pay tribute to Joe Strauss. So since names don't matter, at least that has some semblance of equity. So I do the show the way we kind of have always done shows like this podcast the first couple of days. And the TMA textures had enjoyed infiltrating the 101 ESPN text line quite a bit. But unlike the TMA text inbox where I can see the names, as you've done a wonderful job importing the names from 590 to, to 1057 HD2, mm -hmm. I know if I see a Carlos Spicewiener text, I don't need to read through the whole thing before I read it. Right. I know it's going to be good. Right. He has equity. Yes. If I just see one with a phone number, I read through it before I read it because yeah. I don't know the person's track record. Right. So on 101, in the text line, there are no names saved. No. They're just phone numbers. And they come in because it's a 100,000-watt FM station. I mean, they come in. They don't come in as much as TMAs, but they still come in. Yeah. And it's totally different. Yes. A different, like, style. Like, yes. way different style of text. Yes. Uh, like, so I can't, I can't filter them as well as I can on uh, TMA. And therefore, if you're reading them, so some of the TMA textures are texting in some things that they had never heard on 101 ESPN. No, no, they were not used to some of the phraseology that was uttered, uh, uttered on the uh, on the inaugural program of, oh, of Balloon Party. They were not. Now, I enjoyed it. It's become a running joke here at the Hubbard offices of some of the uh, the words that uh, were said. Ah, yes. <laughs> some of which I didn't even know what they meant. Yeah. For nice, real, nice I didn't lesson. know what they meant. Like the fact that that hasn't been texted into uh, TMA before is something else. So they said, listen, you, you, we want you to do what you do, but with the backdrop of sports. And just, I'm like, well, I can talk sports, but the it's the from my standpoint, it's the equivalent of going, okay, we're gonna have a putting contest, and your putts are all gonna be from about a foot away. I can do it, and they're like, yeah, but that's what we want, and that's what we think is good that you do. And I'm like, okay, I can do it. Yeah, I'm just used to going into, for example, some of the questions that we have for QFTA here. I would not nor would they want me to read them on 101 ESPN. It's a sports station. It's a very successful sports station. Now, if you are a TMA listener, I don't think the Venn diagram of TMA listener and 101 ESPN has as much overlap as people I think would think is the case. I would actually tell you, Jackson, I don't think there's a whole lot of overlap with most of the stations here. Hmm. But if there, if there was one show where I would say there's probably some overlap, it would be the Rizzuto show. Yeah. That's what I would, but I don't think there's that much no, there. No, there's and that's not. an incredibly successful radio show. Yep. So, therefore, if you are a fan of TMA, what you're hearing on Balloon Party is incredibly different. And I recognize that. At the same time, if you're a fan of TMA and you're listening to this podcast, the way I am on the podcast is a hell of a lot different than I am on TMA. 
So it's a it's a weird thing for listeners. It's been a weird thing for me and you yeah. to be transparent about it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, this is what you want. And if you think this is what, and I know we're going to start incorporating interviews on it because we have some, uh, well, hell, I'll just talk about it. Uh, well, I can't, this is one of the things I have missed and it's almost been two years and main part because of the pandemic. And then with my contract situation and not knowing what we were going to do, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to sit on all of this until it's, until we decide what we're going to do. Uh, we will be bringing interviews back. Woot, 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 woot. Yeah, you knew where I was going with that. Mm. Um, which I love doing. I love doing. Um, whether they be in person here in the studio or whether they be um, via Zoom, we'll be bringing those back. And so we'll play clips of those on both TMA and on Balloon Party, but you will go to the Tim McKernan Show podcast to hear them all. And this, and this. I'm texting with Pat Maroon yesterday about the, these interviews at this point that I've been talking about here for a few weeks uh, that Pat and I did when Pat was on a, co- a COVID break in June of 2020. And he wasn't sure it was going to happen. He had time to kill. And he's like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, sounds good to me. So in that time, he came into the KFNS studios. We interviewed David Fries, we interviewed John Hammond, we interviewed Lance Berkman, and we were ready to go with more, and then the season started back up, and he was gone, he wins a cup, season starts back up again, he wins another cup, and I'm just thinking, okay, well, that was fun, we have those, we'll play those. (laughs) So we've been texting the last few weeks, and then we were texting yesterday afternoon, and he's like, no, let's keep doing it, I want to keep doing it. Yeah, let's, so I was thinking that these would just be played, and we would put them up on the Tim McKernan Show podcast, but now Pat and I... As much as I can say, I, I, I would say with 85% certainty, uh, we are going to be doing a podcast. Um, now, the man might win a fourth Stanley Cup coming up here in about five months. But uh, he's able to do it. He wants to do it. You know, he's closer to the end of his playing career than he is at the beginning. And so, you know, it's something, as I've, I've told him, I said, you and David Freeze are made men in St. Louis. And plus, he's got this personality. Have you ever met him? No, I've talked to him on the phone, but I've never met him. He's just—I really—I want to. I can't wait. He's—he's something else. He really is. Like the persona that he has going on is—is you know—is exactly what he is off the ice. So he—you know—he's texting me. He goes, "I want to travel to do some of these interviews. That way, we'll get better." I'm like, "Man, I'm all for it. I want to do it too. I'm excited about it." So yet here is another thing. So. We'll, we'll have clips of interviews on um, on Bloom Party and on TMA, but we'll have a bunch more because we'll play the full things, of course, on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And when it's me and Pat, we'll put it on the Maroon and McKernan podcast feed. Uh, so that is that's 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 some that's some background into the weeds information. Jackson, any thoughts you have? Any questions you have? Any thoughts you have? Uh, any questions you have? No, I got nothing. Well, fuck off. All right, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go walk, roam around the hall. I just like felt Higgy. Like, like Higgy. He's in the KC studio right now. Uh, um, I just felt like I've been talking for 15 minutes, so I felt like I got to give you a. Uh, I don't like had... listening back to this thing and then just hearing me. So all right, I'll, well, here. I'll... What do you got? What do you got going on? What's going on with you? What do you want to break the... down Missouri's offense against Alabama? For all those out there, if you haven't seen John Moran's block against the Lakers last night, you oh need to God. go on YouTube and watch it. 
because truly an athletic feat like that only happens once in every couple of years. Truly one of the most athletic things I've ever seen in my life. I sent it to my dad, who's in his 60s and watching basketball his entire life, and he says he's never seen a better block than that. It's a stunning take to introduce into the podcast. However, I agree with Jackson's sentiment. It is. The man jumps halfway up the glass. His whole head is above the rim. It's it's something you have to see. So if you're listening to this right now, hit pause, go look at it, and then come back because we got some some heat. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're going to bring flat out heat. We do actually have some good stuff in here. Um, and you can always send in your questions, your comments, your erotic stories. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Now, that doesn't mean to stop texting in to 101 ESPN. I enjoy the texts. Yes. Don't get me wrong. It's just they're interspersed with the hardcore sports fan text, and the hardcore sports fan text is not necessarily at all similar to the TMA text. Not even, we're on two different continents. Yeah. Two oh, different yeah. continents. It's, it's a whole different, it's so different. It's. I didn't, that's, that's what's, the, the YouTube numbers and the, the response to us being here, I for real. And I know this might, I hope it doesn't sound like I think it could sound. It's coming from a place of sincerity. I did not expect it. I thought that there would be bitching. I thought there'd be more bitching about 105.7 HD2. That's what I thought there would be, honestly. That's what I really thought. Um, I thought that would be a thing. And I never thought, but now I think that people are finding HD2 on their cars and people realizing, oh, I have it. I didn't know I had it. I right. think that's probably been the biggest reaction. Right. Then they hear TMA all day that you can listen to TMA content, not just repeat, but best ofs all day, and people are going, oh, my God, this is great. Oh, and I can watch them on YouTube? Yeah. And clearly the show is not only the same, it's better because the Plowhawk is back. It's been so great having him. How great, because this is your first time working with him. Yeah. I mean, it was just... More inside baseball. Let me go. Let me go. I'm just this. I'm Jackson. What a treat for the audience today. <laughs> so I am going to be fully transparent here. Okay. Yes. Fully transparent. Talked about it a little bit, but I what I wanted to do is I wanted all six of us, and when I say all six of us, Jackson replacing Pete. Pete wanting to get out of the business. Uh, Doug, the cat, Iggy, Plowhawk, and myself being at 105.7 HD2. And that did not play out as it wasn't going to happen out of the gate because uh, Hubbard wanted to see how the show would perform. Just like I'm saying, we're stunned by how well it's performed. Nobody knew how it was going to perform. And before you start spending more money, you want to make sure that the thing, and they're like, yeah, you already have four people. That's plenty for being on HD2. We'll see how it goes. And assuming it goes well, then we'll add on. Well, the cat had a sure thing with 590. And as I talked about in a podcast a couple weeks ago, I think the cat took the fact that he didn't know what was going on in a way that it certainly was not because you, Iggy, and Doug all knew the same as the cat did. I just, we weren't, I just wasn't talking about things because things would change so often. But then secondarily, um, it was the only way to make sure things didn't get out. That's not a shot at anybody. But it was the the only way to make sure nothing gets out is to not talk about it. Right. So the number of people who actually knew what was going on was limited to my wife, to an extent, my parents, and my attorney. That's it. So um, the cat went to 590, and then when the cat was at 590, and the cat and I, we saw each other at the parking lot at 590. It was a great place. I'm like, this is great that he's so happy. 
I'm like, well, now I can the money that I was going to give back to get the cat in, and then ideally, then the plowhawk. There's that seniority order. Mm. Um, now, now I'll see if I can get the plowhawk. I thought it was going to be the cat, but now I'll see if I can get the plowhawk. And uh, so I'm. Ta- I had been talking with the plowhawk anyway, and. I said to Tommy, I said, hey, would it be all right? Um, you know, Jackson's got a lot on his plate. And how, I mean, outside of what the audience hears, which is the plowhawk on the air and the drops, what he is doing behind the scenes with cutting up best ofs and editing commercials and editing social media, you were thinking it, I was thinking it, and you're also on Balloon Party in addition to producing TMA. I'm just thinking you're thinking this might be too much right. for one person i don't care who the person is right i think a lot of people would hold seymour as john seymour is the greatest producer in in tma's history like a textbook radio producer it would be yeah. a lot for him and yeah. he is outstanding yeah programming a 24-hour radio station is no, holy crap it's a tall task so you know i don't i don't say this at all from a this is a heroic thing i view it from an investment standpoint and so the money that i was going to give back to get the cat back on board I then went to Tommy and said, hey, I will give it back to get the Plowhawk back on board. And it was an insta-call to me to do it, in part to help you out, which right. then helps the station. Right. But I also was thinking he, he is so good on the air as a quote-unquote character and as the board operator that it's going to make the show better. So when I was talking with somebody about, well, the person goes, will it make the show better? I go, yes, instantaneously. He goes, okay, then you made the right decision. I'm like, yeah. I, everybody in the world could have told me I was wrong, and I was still, when I signed the paperwork to give that money back that would allow the Plowhawk to join us, I wasn't going, God. I was going, thank God. Yeah. I'm so glad. And now, even though, I mean, I realize only a handful of people knew the backstory on it, you being one of the handful, Yeah, I think everybody's going, Yep, you were right. Fuck. <laughs> you know, but to me, it was it was like I don't need to hear I was right. I knew I was right before I was doing it. You know, it's not like we get to turn over the cards and I played it right. I knew you, that's not the way the game is played. You don't know what the cards are holding or what people are holding. You do what you think is right. And I know the Pollock's going to make the show better, but I also know he's going to help you out. Yes. And this time. is not just a 7 to 10 play. This is a beyond 10 a.m. This is a TMA all day thing. This is a production. This is social media. This is video. Sound story. Sound story. Yeah. It's, yeah, he's working on sound story, too. Right. So it's it, it was a major. And not to mention, I don't have to run the board, which gives me more time to do. Yeah, God, what if you'd be running the board? It'd be, it would Holy be, shit. You know, I'd be, I didn't even uh, think about that part of it, but you would have been the board operator. Yeah, well, what, I would, what I told you before we got him, and we both agreed, is, I said, I only have two hands, you know. I didn't get an extra set of hands when I went to right. do Horton Watkins, even though I should have. I agree with that. But I only have two hands. So eventually, you know, those two hands are going to be busy, and I'll need a third and fourth. And so they bring Plowboy on, not only because he's an unbelievable character. I started listening to the program right around when Plowsy started. So all I, you know, basically up until when he was gone and then when I started working, Plowsy had been on, like, basically every single show. So he's part of my TMA knowledge my knowledge database in my head. And so to have him back, it's just, it feels so damn good to hear his voice. And he's such a, he's a wonderful guy on top of all this. Yeah, he's a great guy. The whole group is, yeah, uh, it's no secret to that, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think also everybody, and the audience has observed this, you can tell everybody's happier. Right. 
Right. I told my wife last night, you know, she is due on February 1st, but it is, we've been told that uh, that that the, take the under. It is a lock. I can tell you right now that is a lock that the under is coming in. It's just okay. a matter of what the date is. I I personally am setting the date as January 18th. If anybody's okay. interested in where my action is, Jackson, do you have any action that's based on absolutely nothing? But you can just guess one of sure, like I'll 16 go, numbers. I'll go 21st. You're going the 21st. All right, there yep. it is. Um, I said because you kind of knew there were a couple days we'd record QFTA, and either before or after the podcast, I would sit there, kind of head in my hands, and go, I am teetering on the brink. Yes. Yes, there was many days where you were on the brink. Yes. Uh, it happened often, and it was a grind. And so I said to Anna Marie last night, this is just last night, I said, if this, if the baby were due in October or November, I don't know how we would have handled it. Now, we would have handled it because there wouldn't have been a choice. Right. But the stress, the st- really, you, it really could have been any month in between February and, and and last week when we started, truthfully. I am so proud of the group of people on this show for the way we compartmentalized all that was going on over the last few years and did the show. And if you didn't know, you wouldn't know and probably still don't know all that we were navigating. That is a tribute to the professionalism of the people on the show in such a major way. Yeah, And, you know... Doug and Iggy could not be more opposite. Um, Doug being a professional is just as is one hundred percent on brand yeah. as it can get. It's just it's just the only way he knows how to operate. Actually, mm-hmm. um, Iggy turning the other cheek and accepting you know counsel so to speak right. uh, to turn the other cheek and then doing it all while, you know, never knowing what was going on and so on and so forth, that is, that's outstanding. And then everybody in between, which would be you, uh, you know, it, it, it's just been, it was, it was not easy. I mean, there's no way, but it, you know, and I know people don't know, and I know I'm talking about something that people don't know, but it wasn't easy. And had um, the baby come at an earlier point, I don't know what the, I mean, you know, listen, people do it all the time. Don't get me wrong, but I, this was not good. I was not good. I thought I had a serious illness. I've never talked about this with you, Jackson. Oh, I don't think so anyway. This is news to me. In October, that I believe was the byproduct of stress. Yeah. I honestly, I had, I got a CT scan um, uh, of my abdomen, thinking, thinking the worst. Right. And then, you know, the next day, in doing the show, and I don't want to say acting like nothing's happening, but the show makes me feel better. So I enjoy doing the show. Yeah. So the show, if anything, would be the medicine. Yeah. That's what I would look forward to. And then 10 o'clock rolls around. You're like, okay, here we go. Let's see what we got today. That's what it was like. So um, the relief, I I think what you hear on the air that sounds like happiness in a sense is relief that we are not where we were. All due respect to it because it's not it's not the people who are there now at all the no. people who are there now are as great of human beings for real yeah uh as you can find um but that we were able to get out alive and then also an appreciation for where we are and that that this has been something you know doug and i were talking about doug and i rarely talk about business for real i mean and it just it, it would be so disappointing um, to the audience, because I think the audience talks about the show more than me and Doug talk about the show. But it's, you know, I guess at the same time, if we were to talk about it after 18 years all the time, it would be a little weird. 
but Plowhawk was out, and uh, Jackson, I guess you were across the hall in your Ledoux Horton Watkins studio, and he was out enjoying a dart. And I don't know if Doug said it or I said it, but one of us said something about like how everybody here is happy and professional. And, and then, yeah, Doug said that. And I said, yeah, and I said, I guess the last place where I would have worked that would have possibly had the same kind of feel was KMOV. I think we were happy at 920. We were happy at 920 because we kind of had our, you know, it was, there was stress there too. It was just a different kind of stress. It wasn't, it, it was just the stress of having to pay as much as we were paying for the airtime. Right. For the, for the whole thing. We were not just paying for our time. We were paying for 24 hours a day. But it was KMOV. But, and it's not a shot. And this is, you know, this is almost 17 years removed. Fuck, it's almost 17 years removed from when I was at KMOV. Holy shit. Um, but uh, most of the people who were there now were not, were not there then. But it wasn't like this. And I don't know what this is about. I have no idea. Randy Carrick and I were bullshitting about this. And he goes, it starts at the top. It starts with John Kiowski. It starts with Tommy Mannard. Um, you know, the sales staff's professional. These are media salespeople who've been around for a while. It's just, it's just a, and I know most people listening to this don't really want to hear it because I think they like when there's more drama probably. Right. And inevitably there will be. I've, I've told you, and I've said this on the podcast, I am hired to be fired. I am hired to be fired. I have signed my contract knowing that at some point it is likely that I am hired to be fired. But I accept it and I go, okay, when that time comes, I will move to Jupiter, Florida, and that'll be that. Um, and then I can either do a podcast from there or just do something else. But but I'm talking about just the way people conduct themselves. You know, it's different if you're fired because there is, a, you know, some kind of economic element, a recession, or if a show is no longer performing. That's business, and you just don't take it personally. Um, versus, like, gossipy, batshit behavior that, right. you know, is you're just— yeah, you know, I mean, and almost weekly. That's a, that's a different kind of thing. So um, that's that that's the thing that I think you're hearing on the air when you're hearing TMA right now. Um, thrilled to have the Plowhawk back, and then thrilled to have the show in a place where we can just do the show. Yeah. I look forward to going to work. Yep. I look forward to going to work. Yeah. I looked forward to doing TMA before, but I knew that the day was going to have... Yeah, there's going to be yeah. the peaks and valleys, but right, right, right now... I mean, not, I mean, yeah, I mean, you were staying here until... Not, not that anybody asks us to. No, right, exactly. We just do. We stay here until like 4 or 5 o'clock. Yeah. But it's kind of because we want to, because we're working on things, and we're building things, and Tommy will come by and, you know, you guys can go home. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but we're working on building yeah, things here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, def- it's definitely, it's an awesome experience. So there's the inside bait. I think people would be happier if I were, like, shitting on people and things like that. Right, but. Or happier, but I realize that's not necessarily happier. That's not fair to say, but, like, juicier. Sure. Um, but, you know, when I get fired, you'll be happy. That'll that'll give you your shot and Freud. But uh, for those of you who are into that, and I realize that's a sliver of the audience, too. But for the people who are fans of the show, this is what's going on here is, you know, and it, it, if if the thing wouldn't have performed, not to say that it's, like, over, but if we would have, like, logged on to YouTube last Tuesday and there would have been 50 people watching, right? that would have been, I don't want to say it would have been, like, a major problem, but it would have been... Alarming. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been alarming. So to the, see to see the return on it was, yes. was awesome. It's been it's been something else. And then for me, and I don't know about how it is for you. So after the first two days of balloon party, and they're just like 
just see how it goes. Just when you just talk when you talk sports, it's so good. But I don't think you like to do it, so you don't realize <laughs> it's good. And I'm like, okay, I'll just I'll just do, I'll just for the sake of it, I will I will just do it. Right. And then I have people. Now it's a different demographic, to an extent. It's not a completely different demographic. Go, well, God, I love balloon party, and I'm going really because to me, I'm doing. Something that I don't know what the right word, the right way to convey it is. It doesn't make my synapses fire like TMA does. At the same time, TMA is is like the purest form of cocaine. <laughs> it's the greatest thing yeah. as far as being able to do it. It's a high, uh, you know. So then to do, so I I guess I love doing the podcast. This this podcast. Yeah. I think the difference for me and you, I'll, I can only speak for me, maybe you agree with it, is the format on 101 ESPN, just like it would be if we were at any of the other stations, non-Hubbard stations included, is we're just not used to breaking. Yes, yes. Especially, you know, in an hour. So, I mean, how long have we been going on this? I'm sure you can see a clock in front 48 of you. minutes. 48 be, minutes. Which would be longer than the content we do. 100%. I think we probably do 40 to 42. 40 to 43. Okay. That's what it's I been. I just doing that off the top week. of my head. Yeah. I went six minutes long on a segment today about the Athletics MLB fan satisfaction survey. Mm-hmm. And it immediately fucked up the rest of the show <laughs> as far as we had two two-minute segments or something like that yeah. left. I, it's not a complaint. It is what has to be done. If anything, I shouldn't even have done the 18-minute segment that I did. And But I'm learning a clock. I've never yeah. had a clock We'll before. get there. Like I said, sea legs. So I, but I, but now that I've done it, now that I've done three of these, I'm like, okay, we didn't even talk about the Blues game on TMA this morning. No, and this is this is we're not even twenty four hours removed from one of the most thrilling regular season comeback victories. Yeah, they've, well, historic. It's historic. Now I know you're not all that into it. I know Iggy is absolutely not into it. Plowhawk is into it to an extent, and right. Doug is into it. But it's just at this point, TMA is. And now we're not on 590, so there's really even no expectation. It's not like they're going, hey, talk sports on 105.7 HD2. They're just like, do what you guys do. We don't give a fuck. You're yeah. replacing, you know, what was alternative music. Yeah. You know, uh, on 105.7 HD2, do your thing. So that's what we do. And then the one time last week we started talking about NIL and college football, we got motherfucked on this text inbox for talking sports. Lambasted. Lambasted? Lambasted. Lambasted. So, um... So then I'm kind of like, now I enjoy it. And in, if you would have told me a week ago, just talking about sports and I would enjoy it, I talked to you, I think, after the Wednesday show. I go, God, look what I've gotten us into. Because <laughs> I didn't want to do it. And everybody involved knows I didn't want to. And I want to make it clear when I say I didn't want to do it. I don't know what the right way to say it is. Again, it's, it's, not, it's not a source of, it's not a substantial source of income. And it's not also what I think that I do well. Right. So, therefore, I, I don't want to mess with what they do well. The TMA audience might not be 101 ESPN listeners, but there are a lot of 101 ESPN listeners. There's just not a lot of overlap right. of TMA listeners and 101 ESPN listeners. Really. So that, I think, is the best way to describe it. But just because you don't listen to it doesn't mean it isn't successful. My analogy anytime, and I don't know how much water it holds is I don't I'm not a NASCAR guy at all but I recognize that it's successful and so if somebody said hey you know you can get a great buy right now on some NASCAR stock I go well I'm gonna invest in the NASCAR stock even if I have personally it's not my thing yeah 
So I am into sports. I'm just not into breaking down, you know, in depth each most of the time regular season game. It's not my thing. So this morning on Balloon Party, we spent probably five minutes on the Blues coming back against mm-hmm. the Stars. Yep. If it were the Blues coming back against the Stars in the second round of the playoffs in 2019, like that, that's the whole show. Right. Without question. That's where I am. If this were a Cardinal game, same kind of deal. Probably would spend five to ten minutes on it. Right. That's that's the way that I I like talking about more sports-related issues. Uh, macro sports topics. That's what you, you're on me on this macro thing. But then you observed that I will go micro when we spent, what, two hours on the Georgia-Missouri first quarter. Bet. And still didn't have an answer for and what the hell we were doing. And then I didn't wind up even fucking betting it. Thank <laughs> no. God, by the way. Right. I didn't wind up betting it. Right. You're going to be sad if you don't bet the under on the first quarter tonight, though. So it's so, I, I God, the taste. I'm going to go pull up the number. You know, I haven't done anything. i got to talk about the homeloanexpert.com. Right. That's Ryan Kelly. He's the studio sponsor on this award-winning presentation. Uh, and he really is the best. Truly is. That's the thing about our sponsors, Ryan Kelly, Mark Hanna, Seth Goldcamp, James Carlton, Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Brian from Brian's Paint. Uh, these are all just people who I know, so it's easy to vouch for them. That number is, uh, boy, Jackson, it, the under 10.5 is minus 140, at least on my book. Really? Minus 140. I got a minus wow. 115. Wow. You can get plus 115 on the over. Wow. Plus money on the over? Wow. That is okay. On the first quarter over, yeah, is wow. plus 115. Wow. I think people are seeing the same research I saw. I guarantee you if I talk to the Wizard, he'd... He's going to be I, on the, the over? The, I bet the Wizard's on George. i got to ask the Wizard while we're sitting here. Yeah, no. You want to hear my take? Uh, yeah, go. What do you got? You got to take... I'm in the middle of a Ryan Kelly. Review. You're right. Go online at no, thehomeloanexpert.com. Uh, he is the best. I got pre-approved with him. I refinance with him. Uh, he's the best. And their staff is the best. And they knock it out so quickly... You're going to be buying a home in 2022. you got to get pre-approved. And if you want to get a cash-out refi, man, now is the time. Home value's high. Interest rate's low. Go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. What's your, uh, what do you got to take or something? Yeah, well, you do this. It's a total non-sequitur, but I think it's it's par for the course. Okay. I watched a movie this weekend. Oh, wow. I watched a movie this weekend that I had never seen before. It had been suggested to me a lot. I had never seen it. I watched The Imitation Game. Oh, yeah. With Benedict Cumberbatch. I uh, saw that. It was nominated for Best Picture. Right. Did he win the Academy Award that year? I do not believe so. That would have been 2014. That was 2014, that long ago? I think so. That was the same year as Whiplash, which is a rock-solid year. Rock-solid year. But I saw The Imitation Game. My question is, why was the name Alan Turing never mentioned to me Pretty much before this, like why I went to school. Well, you're coming at me out of nowhere with the takes this morning. Why this man not only invented the computer, but almost single-handedly won One the war. war yeah, I, I, I war actually I have to tell you, it's an eight-year-old take, but I do remember thinking that when I watched the movie. I right? went and saw the movie. I've seen your parents at Frontenac before watching really? films. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a great. I, I enjoy um, the theater itself. It is what it is, but the type of movie they show is right up my alley. So I like that in that sense. but And I realized that 50 years, they couldn't say anything because it was top secret. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I went to school, you know, in the 2000s, and then never once was the name Alan Turing, Turning, Turing, I can't really remember. But it was never once mentioned. And not only did he invent the thing that literally fuels our everyday life, but he broke the code that, won the Allies of the War in Europe, yeah. or at least shortened the war and saved millions upon millions of lives. Great film, by the way, if you haven't seen it. It's really, really fantastic. 
Um, I would describe it as slow to start and crescendo at the end. Yes. That's the way I would describe yes. it. Yes, and it's a fascinating topic. I mean, you just heard it essentially gave away the ending, but it's a historical movie, so you can obviously learn about it. But just for the life of me, I, I really surprised I had never heard that name. And then not on top of that was, was you know, not legally in trouble for being a homosexual. Yeah. And then, which some believe led to his early demise, his death, because of chemical castration that they, you know, and and it's a very small part of the movie at the end, but they mentioned how many men were, had the same fate as he did, where you were homosexual and it was illegal. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was, I, I recall that at the end, you're just like, whoa, that. Yeah, that was kind of thrown in mm, at the end. I was like, the end. Because it's such a it's such a meaty topic of him breaking Enigma and inventing the computer that's like, oh, and by the way, this man who saved millions of lives killed himself because right. uh, in direct response to the chemical castration. It is a good recommendation. I bet a lot of people haven't seen that movie, but right. I did happen to see it. I think so, I wanted to see all the movies nominated for Best Picture that year, so I went and saw it. I did that the next year. Uh, and I remember seeing Whiplash and going, that was the Best Picture. Yeah. Didn't win, though, right? No. What won that year? Birdman? I think it was Birdman. That was a Birdman year? Yeah, I think it was a Birdman year. Uh, all right, we got we got questions. Good. We got questions. Uh, hey, Tim. Well, I can't believe I'm going back into this, but it's on the podcast. Right. It's a safe space. Safe space. Tim, I hope this message finds you well. Uh, first off, I want to congratulate you and the rest of the TMA crew on your move to Hubbard. Uh, this The video stream is outstanding. Balloon party, quite entertaining, and I look forward to listening to you on 101 on a regular basis. I know that you've stated several times over the last year about how you have stopped following politics after the events of January 6th. And like you, I have done the same with the exception of watching the HBO documentary on January 6th, which I thought was very good. With the anniversary of that horrible day upon us, I have noticed myself delving back into the days leading up to January 6th, as well as reviewing the actual events of that day, and can't help but see myself going into a dark place. When I watched the HBO documentary several months ago, I had a text chat with a close friend of mine in which I expressed how watching the documentary put me in a very dark place. I only got out of that dark place by having a conversation with my wife about our life and why we feel and act the way we do. I wanted to get your thoughts as to if you are reliving or reviewing the events of January 6th, and if so, how you are handling everything related to the insurrection. Once again, congratulations on the move to Hubbard and FM and look forward to listening and now watching you guys on YouTube. That comes from Dan Ulrich. He gave his full name, so he gives it. We will uh, read it. Uh, and you can always send in questions, comments, erotic stories, whatever. Everything is well. Hate mail. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. And now we have our Hubbard email addresses, don't we? Look at us. Right, yeah. So I, by what, is that? what is that? Are they all going to be merged or what's going yes, on? Yes, I'm, I'm in the process of... of even my old school Hotmail account? A Hotmail Before? account, that's going to be on you. The, mm. <laughs> I don't know mm. what you use it for, but that's going to be on you too. Uh, but yeah, we're, I think by next week we'll all be at TMAS. Uh, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to handle this one, Jackson, and then that way the uh, sure. all of it can go my direction. Were you, you must have been running the podcast on the night of January 5th. Were you not, or did Pete handle it? Oh, I, that was me. You would have been. Yeah. I feel like Pete might have been on that podcast that morning or that night. I remember recording yes, it. it. I remember you, where and, I was. You, me, and Pete. Okay, January 5th, 2021. And we talked about it. You can go back and listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think I was asking you guys if you were concerned about the next day in Washington. And I expressed concern, and I said, I just hope there isn't violence. Now, 
I think for most of the population, and when I say most, I would say 90% of the American population were, not, were completely unaware that there was going to be a rally the next day in Washington, D.C. I was aware of it, and I was aware that it must be something of note because um, somebody in management at another place had told me that one of their employees uh, had asked to take a couple of days off to go to D.C. for this rally. And knowing this person's backstory and knowing this person's politics, that struck me as uh, something that was noteworthy. That, in other words, this was a significant event that this person was taking a day off or days off to be in attendance. So whereas most people would probably look at it as how I'm sure people probably still look at it now as something that they would not attend under damn near any circumstance, that's not the world in which a portion of the American population lives in or lived in. And I think those who lived in it then probably still live in it now. I don't think there's necessarily been a lot of uh, reformation since then. And so that was what I was thinking that day. And I recall I happened to be playing golf that day. I was in Jupiter, playing golf with Adam Long's dad, not with Adam himself, but with Adam Long's dad, who's my real estate agent down there, and, um, and a couple of his friends. And when I left my place to go probably a 15-minute drive at the most, go meet him and play there, it was just a totally normal day, totally normal day. Uh, I knew that there, they were what was supposed to be going on was the ratification of the votes. Right. And the day continued, relatively speaking, normally. Uh, it was on, I can picture, God, I can picture exactly where I was when I, I looked at my phone. Like, what in the world's going on? Like number seven at this golf course, East Point in Jupiter. Uh, maybe, God, probably not even five minutes from Roger Dean Stadium where the Cardinals are. Um, and I'm going, what in the world's going on? And I think everybody initially is going, what in the world's going on? By the time I got to number 15 or 16, the hatred is coming toward me, toward me. Mm. And it was, do you have any idea why it would be coming toward me? Do you recall any of this? I know so you this were on. Been, you just started on the show, right? So this would have been the afternoon. The afternoon, as it's going on, right? I, I for the life of me, I could not tell you. It's it's nuts, but you lived through our show on January seventh, and you remember that is easily my least favorite TMA ever. It's the, not even close. No, it's the it's the least comfortable I've ever been. Oh my god! Yeah. Holy shit! But the reason everybody was angry. There, yes. were, there were no healing words. There were no words that you could say that were going to put people in a better mindset on it. No. Um, and even now talking about it, I'm kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say I don't give a fuck, but I, I'm, I'm detached from politics. I, and it, it is that day. It, it's not necessarily that day. It is the response to that day and the way people have completely, I've seen some screenshots of some uh, people in office, what they were saying in the moment on January 6th, and now since then what they are saying about it and how they've just totally reversed course. I'm just like, this is so fraudulent and what I, I'm just, I'm out. I'm out. I've got maybe, if I'm lucky, 30 years left and I'm not going to spend time arguing about this shit anymore. It's not, it's, 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 
you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Um, and if that, if that doesn't open your eyes, then I don't know what will. And it's over. That's, that's how I look at it. I'm just out. When I say it's over, it's over for me with me talking about politics. Uh, so I was getting attacked, Jackson, because Josh Hawley. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. I, okay. Yeah. And Josh Hawley had been vouched for and I think asked to run by somebody who I have a relationship with. I, in, in former U.S. Senator Jack Danforth. Now, as Senator Danforth knows, and we still have, we were supposed to get together for lunch in August, this past August, and I was really looking forward to it, and I can't remember what was going on that we didn't. Uh, and I had, to, I had to cancel on him, which is, you know, and he's not in St. Louis during the winter, so uh, it's like we're going to get together here in a few months, and I cannot wait to have the conversation. But it got back to me because when we met for the last time, nah, probably not the last time, but maybe the second or third last time we had lunch, we discussed, and I think I discussed the conversation here on this podcast, he knew I was not a fan of Josh Hawley's. And almost all of our conversations are always incredibly, I mean incredibly, friendly i'm so admirable i admire him so much how how could they be he would he'll tell stories and you just you feel like it's like you're living in like some kind of forrest gump time capsule when you hear these stories and the, the people involved and you know it's just I, i'm i feel fortunate that i feel grateful that i get to hear them but the one time it got awkward for lack of their time or for lack of their term is when and he knew I wasn't a fan, so it's like he would, he'd been kind of waiting for it. And then when it came up, he was ready. Uh, he brings up Holly, and I go, well, I think you are aware I am not a fan of that guy. I don't trust him. I think he will say anything to get elected. And uh, I think he's bad news, man. And I think he's dangerous bad news, kind of in the world of Greitens, because if you didn't know better, you could be tricked into sure. whereas Donald Trump which immediately people line up on one side or the other on him you know where he is you know there isn't any camouflaging what's going on Hawley and Greitens are chameleons and to me those ones are more dangerous than Trump now I may want to take that back now results oriented I don't I don't uh, but because of I you know I said that to him and he leans in and I also had said, and you know, he had he had promised that he wasn't going to use the Missouri Attorney General spot to be a stepping stone for his political career. And since that's exactly what Senator Danforth had done, yeah. uh, he goes, "Oh, you have a prize." And I know where you're going with this, I, you know, because that's what sure. you did. But the difference is, you didn't make the promise to the voters that that's yeah. you know he did. And I just think this guy is going to do and say anything until he has a run for the White House. That's what I think. And I know he is, the, and he hadn't even won the Senate seat yet. Mm-hmm. I don't even won the primary. Um, that's how, that, so I had vocalized to him that I didn't trust him. And I thought he was trouble. And I haven't felt that strongly. I felt that way about Greitens, too. Um, not a big Hillary Clinton fan either. Uh, so this isn't this isn't along the lines of Republicans and Democrats. It's just not. Uh, but it's, it's about when I think that you got... Uh, a problem for lack of a better term and so you know that lunch happened it was a friendly conversation we kind of just you know went back and forth well so that afternoon 
if I'm not mistaken, or that evening, he issues a statement calling his support for Josh Hawley the biggest regret of his life. I'm paraphrasing. Which is textbook Jack Danforth to acknowledge a mistake. Right. It is unheard of in 2022 for somebody who's holding office. But for him, it is textbook Jack Danforth, which makes him, to me, even greater. That's why I hold him in such high esteem. But because people knew I had a relationship with him and they were so angry at Hawley, I therefore was guilty of fucking amazing considering I had vocalized to this man who was nearly the vice president of the United States of how I just absolutely disagreed with his read on a guy. Yeah. And so as it has since played out, it has come to my attention that he and his wife were having a conversation in which they said, how did we miss it on Josh? How were we so off? And someone then said to him, do you remember the lunch with Tim McKernan? Oh, man. And he goes, that's right. I do, and I remember exactly what he said. He said, we got to have lunch again, and I got to find out what it was that made him know what he was. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I, for real, it's like the greatest compliment of my life because <laughs> I hold him in such high esteem sure, sure. Uh, as a person of character, but intelligence uh, and that he wants to hear why I had a read on somebody that to me was so obvious. I mean, so obvious. But at this point now, there's like 100 Josh Hawley's because you win by being Josh Hawley. Yeah. So there's only going to be more of them. Pandering. Yeah. I mean, it's just so obviously fraudulent but hey you know that's the deal now and i'm just i'm detached i i'm just in a way i'm disappointed in myself that i am detached and i suppose i could see a time coming back where i come back to it but the downplaying of january 6th the denial of sorts of january 6th i'm and, and this wasn't with I thought there was some pandering going on on the part of Democrats on on the anniversary of January 6th. I thought that was I thought that was kind of gross, uh, you know, like Tashara Jones issuing statements about January 6th. I, you know, and it's not that it's Tashara Jones. The point is, she's the mayor of St. Louis. Could have been it could have been Mayor Slay. It, it could have been, you know, Freeman Bosley Jr. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's It's like, OK, you know, I mean, yeah, it wasn't. It was it was brutal, right? But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that impacted the mayor of St. Louis that, no. that requires some, you know, you know. So anyway, it was clear that a lot of the statements were written for months in advance. You better that. believe it. Yeah, As a, it's just, you know, I don't, on both sides. Yeah, I just so anyway, that's my reason for withdrawing. I'm just like, okay, if if we're actually if we're going to litigate this, if we're going to litigate this, somehow I could handle handle being i guess the word the politicization of the vaccine and i want to say handle i'm not saying that i'm like nah i totally get it i can i can i can i i don't know what the right word for it is if you're comparing it's more it's more understandable than yes but to, and this hbo have you watched this hbo documentary no because i'm it's going to put me in a really bad place it came out of nowhere on me I didn't know what it was. I can't remember what it's called. It's called something. And Wasn't it four some, hours in the capital? Is that what it is? I was about to say yeah. something hours in the capital, four but I didn't know the hours. Four hours in the capital. 
I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, okay, what is this? I just happened to be in my basement by myself flipping through the channels, which I never do with live TV anymore. You ever flip through the channels for live TV Hell anymore? No. No. Yeah. If, I, if I'm going to watch something, I know where it is. Right. I'm and you don't go to access it, it. And I'm going to turn it off after. So I just had, so I was flipping through. I mean, I'm paying for this crap and I never use it. Uh, and I'm like, what's this about? You know, because I'm like, okay, if this is like a Nicolas Cage movie, I'm out. Right. Oh, it's a documentary. Oh, it's about January 6th and it had just started. And so accidentally, I wound up watching it. It is brutal. Yeah. It is brutal. It is difficult to watch. The only other thing that I can compare it to is my experience watching United 93, which is, of course, based on a true story, but it is, of course, not using the actual footage from United 93, Mm -hmm. which, of course, would not exist. Uh, This is... Which makes it worse. Right. If it didn't have it, I'm sure people go, that's not real, that's not real, that's not... This is. It is It is. It is something that I can't recommend watching. Now, if you're ready for it, pack a lunch. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely gut-wrenching. It's gut-wrenching. I don't know how somebody could watch that and... I don't know. I'm just... I'm so out on it, though. It's, it's just it's disappointing, but disappointing is 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 almost like a euphemism for where things are. Right. Um, I just don't know how. I, I can absolutely understand people going. The left has gone too far, or woke politics and all of that. Because I get framing things that way, and you can get people to vote your way by framing things either that the left is too woke or that we're the party of God or whatever. I get, I get that. I don't like that either. Uh-huh. I get it. I totally get it, especially on the former. Um, I have no idea how somebody could watch that and um, downplay what took place on January 6th. And so for me, for a podcast that used to feature, I mean, hell, we were talking about, we were talking about the rally on January 5th. Yep. Um, we were talking about how I viewed Joe Biden as being the likely Democratic nominee. And when and you weren't working on the show at that time, and uh-huh. this is this must have been February of 2020 when it absolutely didn't look like he was going to. And I said, here's how I think it's going to wind up that he is the nominee. Because I was looking at the landscape and I'm going, OK, Buttigieg isn't pulling well with the black community. Amy Klobuchar isn't pulling well with the black community. And. The Democratic Party is worried if Bernie Sanders gets the nomination, it's going to kill them down ballot. They're going to find a way for Biden. And he's currently like eight to one or something to win the nomination. Do I think it's greater than 16 percent that he wins the nomination? You better believe it. Well, eight to one is 16 percent. So therefore, if you are an investor, gambler, call it whatever you want to call it, and you are you are obligated to put money on it because you are getting incredible value on your money. Yeah. That wasn't to say I thought he would be. I just saw how it was going to play out. And that's exactly how it wound up playing out. <laughs> yeah. So when we would talk politics, Doug's like, I just can't believe they can't f- couldn't find anybody. I go, I, listen, I'm not saying he's the greatest candidate no. at all. No. I'm not saying that. I'm mm-hmm. just saying here it is. And I personally was high on Pete Buttigieg. That's who I was high on, mm-hmm. me personally. But as far as you just want to win— Okay, then this has got to be your choice. Yeah. Because I don't know if any of the others were electable. 
And I'm sure some people who are Republicans are going, I can't believe that Biden was electable. And I'd go, I can't believe Trump was electable. Sure. You know, and I said back in 2004 or eight that I, I could I could never see a scenario in which I would vote for Hillary Clinton. And on 2016, 2016, I voted for Hillary Clinton. And it wasn't even a sweat. Sure. But it wasn't because of Hillary Clinton, just like my vote for Joe Biden wasn't because of Joe Biden. Right. And I would vote for John McCain. I would have voted for John McCain all day long. But he was up against somebody who I thought incredibly highly of in Barack Obama. Yeah. So it just, for me, is a case-by-case basis. Um, and this is coming from somebody who voted for George W. Bush over Al Gore, which I that, that there's there's the curveball in the three zero count to a lot of <laughs> yeah, <people>. that is. <laughs> so, so you know, it's it's just it's really you know the question is how I view it. It it it. I used to wake up Jackson on Sunday mornings looking forward to watching Meet the Press on NBC and then Fox News Sunday. That's what I would watch because I felt like that would give me an idea of what. Yeah, both both were saying sure. that was my and I know I think a lot of people say they do that shit. I really did do it. Yeah. I don't watch either now. I'm not even tempted. To, I I don't watch last week tonight with John Oliver anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and we used to watch real time with Bill Maher quite a bit. Now I kind of just watch. I'll I'll see on YouTube is uh, new rules. Yeah. And because uh, I'm just I'm just detached. Like I could watch it. and I don't even know what's going on. And I'm not necessarily proud of that. But it is it is a choice. Uh-huh. If you if you are going to deny or downplay or completely do an about face on what you were saying on the afternoon of January sixth, twenty twenty one, I just I can't I can't respect that. I can't sure. begin to respect that. And the fact that people would do that and are doing that, doing that is uh, excuse my belch uh, is I, I I I could have never seen that coming. I thought. And I said this on the radio show and on social media that night and on the radio show the next morning. I thought that would be it. Rock bottom. I thought that would be I said, it's awful. I said, but now we hit it. People were asking, when's there going to be rock bottom? We hit rock bottom. So good. It sucks, Yeah. but good. Now we see what has happened with people just making up shit to manipulate people. It can't happen anymore. And now it's actually somehow it's actually worse. Mm-hmm. It's actually worse than it was on January 6, 2021. And by the way... It's only getting worse. It's only getting worse. And I hate that because I have said on this podcast, I've talked about it before, I hate oftentimes when it comes to sports wagering, wrong way more often than right. Uh, But when it comes to political observations on this show, unfortunately, the track record is really right on. Um, And uh, and, um, this is the next, what do we got? What are we on? We're on January 10th, uh, 2022. The next 36 months, holy shit, it's yeah. going to be something else. It's yeah. going to be something else. Yeah. It is going to be no. absolutely something else. You know, with regards to COVID, not even politicizing COVID, I mean, how many people haven't had COVID at this point? Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like at least 50% of the people I know have had it. It's yeah. weird now when I feel like when I talk with somebody and they say, no, I haven't had it yet. Or at so least coming like, over really the close contact. Right. What I mean, why would anybody, I fucking hate to say it, because this isn't good, of course, it's really bad, why would anybody feel like, okay, well, this is this is going to be the end of it? I don't, I mean, listen, maybe everybody getting it will be the end of it. What, who's to say that this isn't going to continue to be something that we deal with every every year? Yeah, no, I think that it certainly is going to be something we deal with every year. I think the hope is vaccination rates rise and then 
uh, antiviral pills to help with the mortality rate that will drop down the numbers because mortality rate is the reason that you have to be so cautious because you don't want people dying from it. So if there's a way to lower that, then it might move closer to what influenza is in this country. That would be ideal. Yeah. The issue, of course, on that is the resistance to vaccination. Correct. So you have this thing just continuing to go on. And yeah, I don't, I mean, I had it. Uh, I, I feel like it's kind of like an in vogue thing to say if you're conservative. It's like, that ah, it was like a cold. Right. And, I, what a we- and then if you're liberal, like you turn it into, you know, you had yeah, <laughs> you had, you're it, on the verge of death. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Uh, being that I'm really just kind of grossed out by the whole thing right now. And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about just the whole thing. The I'm just like, it's just, oh, my God. Yeah. Take your pick of where have you gone and name politician, Republican or Democrat from 30 years ago. Uh, you know, certainly one that I think of as a court, the one we were talking about with Danforth, but he wasn't the only one. Uh, now it's just like, who do I even, who would I even look at and go, oh, I really look forward to hearing what he or she has to say. It's just, yeah. it's just drivel. Um, but I had it. It was unpleasant. I have been vaxxed. I have been boosted. It was unpleasant. It certainly wasn't anything that shut me down, but it, it was a real, th- it certainly, sure. I mean, of course it was a real thing. I don't think we're really legislating that anymore. Um, but it was a real thing and it was a real thing for Ah, man, I don't know. It was certainly, it was close to a week for me. Mm-hmm. It, but the thing that we've learned is it hits everybody different. You know, right. there's a good chance that, you know, either I gave it to you, you gave it to me, sure. and our experiences were different. Yeah, no, so, I, sore it, throat. But the December 24th, the Christmas Eve, my throat, it hurt. It yeah. hurt. It hurt pretty good. And then the next morning, it's just like a switch flipped off. Yeah, that's how it was for me. It was it's like weird. a Sunday it night. Crazy. It just switched off. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, all right. Uh, before we go on, uh, Action Jackson, why don't you tell the good people about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies? Oh, I'd love to. God, I, I really do. Every time you call for it, I love talking about You Mark get fired Hanna up. Because I want people to experience the great things I've experienced with Mark. Like, true, I, I had no clue what I was going to do with my financial future. I was just going to, like, hopefully one day someone did it for me kind yep. of thing. And that's just not how it works. It's not how it works. You got to do it yourself. But the thing about working with Mark Hanna is it's going to feel like a a, a pleasure instead of a chore. Because yep. Mar- Mark is not only super intelligent and, and super caring, but he's just a great guy. Like someone you really like to have as a, an advisor on life, much more so than your money. But he's an incredible money advisor. You know, financial future is super important. Mark understands that, so he educates you on what's the best thing for you to do. Everyone's different. Not everyone's going to be the same. You know, people have different goals, different parts of their life, different incomes, different savings that they need to do. Mark understands that, and he'll educate you on the best plan for you. So if you don't have anyone, if you're just like me, oh, I'd say eight, nine months ago, where you had no clue what you're going to do with your finances, uh, your portfolio for the future, give Mark Hanna a call. He'll straighten you out. And you'll feel so much better that you did, not only because your financial future is going to be taken care of, but that you got to work with someone like Mark Hanna. And if you already have someone, I suggest making the switch. Mark is the best in the business. 314-889-0503, 314-889-0503, or go online at evergreenstl.com. That's Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth strategies. Also would like to tell the great people listening to this presentation about Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. That's Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling. He is the best. He has uh, repaired in our home. He has installed in our home. I know that he's worked on Doug Vaughn's home. He's worked on Jackson's parents' home. 
He's the best. His name is Seth Goldcamp. His company is Design Air Heating and Cooling, and they are online at designairservice.com, the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show and the Ryan Kelly Morning After Design Air Heating and Cooling. Also, the great James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800, or go online at carltoninsurance.net. His insurance agency is right there in Webster Grove, so you know you're dealing with somebody who is local, and you know you are dealing with somebody who can help you right away. If you call the office during business hours, you are going to talk to a live person. You're talking about home insurance. You're talking about auto insurance. You're talking about life insurance. You're talking about things that care so much you care so much about that you want to make sure that you have insurance on them. Well, that's James Carlton taking care of you. That's why I made the switch. Truly the best. James Carlton, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton. State Farm. And finally, Munganass, St. Louis, Acura.com, AltonToyota.com, Jamie Burkhard, and Clayton Patterson at Munganass, St. Louis, Acura.com, and AltonToyota.com. Even if you didn't get your car from Munganast, you can get your car repaired at Munganast. How great is that? That's what they will do for you. Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson will take great care of you. You can email me, and I will connect you. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Or you can DM me on any social media. Timothy Michael McKernan on Instagram. Uh, Timothy Michael McKernan on Facebook. T. McKernan on Twitter. And I will connect you with Jamie or Clayton. And uh, you are now hooked up, and I'm happy to do it. If you want a new car, if you want a pre-owned car, go to stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. They're the best. It's Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. All right, here's what we got, Jackson. Word. Final one. Sweet. Tim, I reread the email. Now, this person sent in an email critical of Don't Look Up. Ooh, okay. But it was a super, it wasn't that long, actually. I'll go ahead and read it. Tim, hope all is well. Congrats on the move to the new station. Don't Look Up was discussed briefly on TMA. By the way, when we talked about it on TMA, A, I was surprised Doug had watched it. Right. Were right. you? Uh, I, I could. I see him watching. He watches whenever something big comes out like that. I think he tends to be locked in, especially when it's on Netflix. And accessible. B, I was surprised he liked it. That surprised me as well. Because I view, and I was wrong, that because it would have been seen as a, you know, Meryl Streep playing the role of Trump. Yes. That he would, you know, not like it. Sure. Well, I think the tech guy was in a way supposed to be Biden. Huh. I saw him more as like a Jeff Bezos. I, I think it was, he had some of the certain, well, what about the smelling the hair of the. Right. Yeah. And what about the soft talking yeah you know right it kind of but kind of like feeling like he's clueless but yet powerful yeah okay i see what what i'm saying yeah no so i I think i mean the the meryl streep trump thing was way more obvious the tramp stand no doubt lower back at the end is like okay the weird relationship with a child (laughs) (laughs) but the so the whole thing so i enjoyed in a big way i watched it twice i watched it the next day again really yeah um, so this is about Don't Look Up, the movie with uh, Meryl Streep, DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, I mean, God, there's a billion Jonah people. Hill, in it. Jonah Hill, Mark Rylance. Yeah. Who, who, for my money, is so good. He stole the movie, yeah. Do you I, thought so, too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and Meryl Streep, and here's somebody stealing. It's not like he, had the, he was the main character. No, 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 no. But he is considered, like, one of the greatest stage actors of all time. Yeah, he he's did win an Academy Award and Bridge of Spies. Right. Uh, all right, Tim, hope all is well. Congrats on the move to the new station. Don't Look Up was discussed briefly on TMA, and I don't uh, think it was discussed on QFTA. Apologies if I missed it. I wanted to hear what you and Jackson thought about the movie overall and specifically my concern below. Overall, I really enjoyed the picture, 
but did have one issue. In previous Adam McKay movies about tough issues, I felt like I walked away from the movies learning quite a bit. I was hoping for the same thing here, but parts of the movie seemed like it was more or less yelling into an echo chamber, specifically the scene where Leo loses it on the morning show. Mm. To give some context, I believe the way the big short laid out the specific financial factors that led to the financial crisis itself, Vice and Q into the storm, albeit a documentary, were also educational in the same manner. In fairness, I will note that these movies are illustrating past events versus something going on now. The movie did a great job of illustrating the factors around any major issue, social media, tech control, politics, greed, etc., will inevitably steer the Titanic to the iceberg. Given they used a metaphor rather than climate change itself, points to the movie being more about the surrounding factors. Still, I was hoping to learn something substantial about climate change itself. The messaging around that specifically seems shallow at best. Perhaps this is on me for setting expectations incorrectly. Let me know your thoughts, Sultan of Duck Butter. Now, in fairness, before I respond to that, he then corrected himself. Uh, or I don't know if corrected. I haven't read this one yet. Tim, I reread the email, and I think I can sum up my thoughts and concerns more effectively. Going into this movie, I knew it was going to be a message about climate change. I understand that humans are impacting the climate. To what degree we are causing the change and what we can truly do to health, do to health the planet— probably to the health of the planet. I guess I'm going to edit on the fly. Seems very difficult to know, definitely, due to modern factors outlined in the movie. Social media, tech control, politics, greed, etc. Because I learned so much from the big short as to exactly what went wrong with the financial crisis and how we could avoid it, I went into Don't Look Up hoping to walk away with a deeper knowledge of the true issues and subsequent solutions in regards to climate change. Instead, the movie outlined in a very accurate and humorous manner all the factors holding us back from addressing the issue. I believe most of the people who watch this movie feel to some degree that climate change is real, but this movie did not advance the conversation towards a productive solution, whereas The Big Short seemed more eye-opening in regards to the financial crisis. There are reasons in the first email as to why the movie was done this way. Looking forward to both of your thoughts. That's from the Sultan of Duck Butter. Action Jackson, the floor is now yours. Oh, boy, there's a lot to break down there. Well, I will say about the learning you know, Adam McKay is very stylistic in the way he teaches his audience, the people watching the movie, about very meaty topics such as the housing crisis or in Vice how um, Dick Cheney did some of the things he did. He uses very – like Margot Robbie in the bathtub is something he did in Big Short. He had a very interesting restaurant scene in Vice to help explain what they were doing about Guantanamo Bay and Vice. So I hear him on that, and I think he made an astute point to say that those – Things already happened, uh, and this is going on currently. I think that eventually it's it's the movie was more of like, what else can we do? Like, we can show you the meteor coming down. I, I hear what he's saying about some people believe in It's not a belief. Climate change is real. Like, you can disagree with it, but it's like disagreeing with COVID that it's, you know, we are destroying our environment. We are destroying the planet which we live on, and there's not a debate about that. It's what the debate of how we handle it from here. So... I believe that it was a, a more of a metaphor, essentially like, what else can we do besides showing you what's happening than to tell you we have to do something about it? Yeah. The meteor is coming down and people can see it. What else do you need? You know, you can say, we're not going to look up, we're not going to do anything about it, but that would be naive, not only naive, but irresponsible, which is what I believe the message of the movie is, is climate change, it, there's no longer a, do you believe in climate change or not? It's, it's a real thing. And now we have to decide what we're going to do about it. And we should have maybe done something a lot earlier. And you have to look to the cast. 
there's nobody in Hollywood, probably nobody in Hollywood, more passionate about the environment than Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Go on his Instagram. Every single post is about something he's doing for the environment. This is a movie, essentially him. He's a big part of it, obviously. It's a, a call to say, what more can we show you to make you believe, and not only believe, but help do something about it, rather than showing you the end of the world. So I think I think for this email or salt of the duck butter, um, the perspective I think is at the root the expectations, as he said at the end of his first email, that you know perhaps this is on me for setting the expectations incorrectly. I honestly had no idea it was about climate change going Neither into did you. No. Nope. Okay. Nope. So I think that's probably why we're coming at it from a different perspective. Yes. At the same time, if it were something like An Inconvenient Truth, the Al Gore documentary Mm -hmm. from 20 years ago, approximately, um, how many people would actually see it? I don't, I I would be curious, like if my parents watched Don't Look Up, Mm -hmm. what they would think. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Republican voters, not by any means, you know, not, you know, wouldn't have been there January 6th, right. uh, you know, without question. But Republican voters, I think, probably getting their messaging, you know, from Fox News, if I had to guess. Sure. What they would think. In other words, one of the phrases used at the beginning of the movie um, when DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are on the set with uh, Tyler Perry and Kate Blanchett um, about how so upbeat they are right. while delivering news and covering certain stories and not covering others is it helps the medicine go down. Yeah. So was this movie a way of telling the bad news but doing it satirically to help the medicine go down? Sure. So I don't know if people would watch it and catch all of the analogous characters and or storylines, albeit one is with a comet and one is with climate change. Um I've I've wondered for years, which is so bizarre that I've even wondered it. I don't. At the same time, I don't know how you can prove a negative, or I suppose you could take it the other way that if you wanted to prove that. And what I'm about to say is this: if somehow there could be proof that there is not a God, mm. or on the other side of it, why not? Right. That there is. What would in 2022? I realize you know there certainly millions, billions of people around the world believe it's already transpired, albeit, you know, 2,000 years ago, that what would, how would that be if there was quote-unquote proof? Exactly. Yeah. No matter what, it would be, you know, you know, it wouldn't be agreed upon. No, there's no way, yeah. Especially now. Now, I used to, I used to think about this. I think I might have thought about this back in the 80s, which is really messed up that I used to think that way at, you know, 10 um, but now I look at it, I go, shit, there's no way. It doesn't matter what it is. People are going to, like I was just talking about, January 6th, we're somehow litigating that. Um, so with regards to climate change, you say, Jackson, that it is not even debatable. Or what I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's not fair. But right. it is something it's, it's that— It's not—it's a fact. It's not a—you right. can't have an opinion. And I assure you that there are people listening to this who— don't agree with sure. that sentiment. Not right. to say that that makes you right or them right no, or no. either way. I'm just saying it's, you know. So, you know, there was a story last night on 60 Minutes. Do you happen to watch 60 uh-uh. Minutes? The only reason, I, and that's another thing, I've total, I used to watch that. I used to look forward to watching it. I've just totally. It's on uh, after football. It is on after football. and But, I mean, for a period of, I don't know, 20 years, I would look forward to watching it. And a couple of people texted me about this thing on NPR called StoryCorps. 
which is similar to Sound Story. Oh. Um, it, but it airs on NPR. And what the founder of it, and he founded it in 2003. I mean, it's not what we do with Sound Story, sure. but it's there are similarities. But what he has recently done, I think he started in 2016, is he gets two people from the opposite side of the political spectrum to sit down in a room, like our studio here, and uh, they they just talk. Mm-hmm. And they read each other's bios aloud, and then they just talk. And I think it's called One Small Step. And the whole reason for it is the premise being that so often the arguments with regards to politics, people are viewing the people on the other side as the enemy. Right. Dumb. Right. Uh, right. Ignorant. Take, take, whatever, take whatever adjective. Yeah. It certainly isn't a positive adjective. And what his point is, is that you never have gotten somebody to change your change their mind by calling them stupid or calling them a racist ad hominem right yeah like things that'll get you likes they'll get you likes get you likes dunk on them dunk on them but you know i mean are you what's 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 your motive to change minds or to get your likes (laughs) and we know the answer sure so the 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 premise is beautiful of course it's limited to those who sign up and are willing to do it but see, that's why when anytime these kinds of topics come up, I go, okay, what would my parents think? Because I know they're great human beings, but I know we have a different worldview. Mm-hmm. My wife's parents, uh, great human beings, different worldview. A lot of my friends, de- definitely not like, wouldn't have been there January 6th. Sure. But I bet they voted for Donald Trump. Okay. So, you know, that that's like the scale mm-hmm. uh, that... Um, you know, like, where are they coming from? And I'm I'm curious. I'm not going to go, what in the world? I'm just, I'm curious to understand it. Because to me, it strikes me as so obvious. And they're not going, they're, they're, there's not, there's not a soul in the world who could change my mind on Donald Trump. There is not a soul in the world who could change my mind on Josh Hawley. That's where I am. At the same time, perhaps for somebody who, you know, does not view Barack Obama, for example. And, I, you know, I feel it's really kind of insulting to him to put him in the same category as the other two, but I'm sure plenty of people think incredibly terrible things about him. Yeah. And so that so that's the you have to on right around this time we did a pod it might have been a year to the day actually, Jackson, the podcast that we did following the January seventh show. And I recall getting emails from people and reading them on the podcast of saying it was so eye opening when you said think how crazy some of us think the things that Doug says are. Right. Okay? You got that? Now you got that in your mind? Now realize that Doug thinks we are that crazy. Right. It's all about perspective. And that is what I was trying to... So that is how I'm trying... I'm not trying to heal the world or anything. I'm, I'm, no. I'm out. I'm out. At this moment, <laughs> I'm out. Maybe I'll come back, but I'm out at this moment. And uh, and that is that is how I how I see things. And so... I'm watching this and I'm going, oh, this is something that people on the left are really going to enjoy. Hence the record, the reference I bet from the salt and the duck butter to an echo chamber. But then when Doug came in and said he liked the movie and he goes, yeah, I caught them, you know, don't look up, don't look up, lock her up, lock her up, which didn't didn't click until they were doing it in the in the movie toward the end. Um, You know, all of the I had no idea going in. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I guess if I would have watched the big short, knowing it was about the financial crisis and they somehow didn't get to the meat of the financial crisis, that would have been disappointing. Right. So if I went into this, but I got to be honest with you, and I think a lot of other people, this might be turning some people off from the movie. I think there's an, a real aversion, especially like around the St. Louis metropolitan area, talking about the demographic, the St. Louis, to like climate change movies. You know what I mean? Like mm. that's not a selling point for a large portion of the no. population. No. So if, if Anna Marie, and the way we watch, she goes, oh, why don't we watch that movie on uh, Netflix that, that people are talking about? I go, yeah, well, I watch that. And I was so glad we did. I had no idea. I, I looked at the description and like, you know, a comet is heading toward Earth and gets a meh reaction. I'm like, oh, this will be amusing. I had no idea Yeah, it was what it was. But I came away from, like I said, I watched it the next day again to sure. try to have better appreciation for some of the nuance and some of the... Right, uh, which I think is important for a lot analogous. of films. Yeah, I think that the difference between Vice, Big Short, those aren't allegories. Don't Look Up is an allegory. It's a metaphor. Whereas Vice and Big Short are more biopics, if anything. Yeah. Um, so it's different in that sense. And the stylistic choices of... Uh, Adam McKay are different because they're different kinds of if in an allegory you can't really lay it out in a certain way because that would be essentially breaking the fourth wall of your metaphor you know you don't want to step on it you don't want to give it to the audience you want them to figure it out on their own and to what degree you do that is the artist's choice yeah that's a good that's a good way to describe it yeah so yeah I, th- I think but I think the Sultan the duck butter kind of arrived at his own conclusion which is his expectations were what they were. Right. Now I, I for me if I know a movie's about climate change I'm probably not going to go oh I can't wait to see it unless it's a documentary. So in a way it was good that it was kind of a bait and switch that you know I thought this was you know like I'm like oh they're doing Armageddon and Deep Impact again 20 <laughs> years later that's what I thought it was. Sure like but an just with a better film. cast. Yeah. Um so I had no idea and then as it got going I'm like oh I got to go back and watch this tonight. I'd watch it again. Yeah. You know, I want to go out and watch the big short as we're talking about. Sure. It. Yeah. That's a, well, you know? man, that's a great, really rough last 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh. Pack a lunch for the last 15 Ooh, minutes. Cats and dogs. But vice too. I love vice. I loved in the theater and I, I got my, mom, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen really? it. I got to see it. Yeah. That's uh, just to see Bale do his whole thing is, is good enough. But then the, the story is really, really great. I saw it. There's a great scene in it that I'd like to talk to you about whenever you see it. I'm going to have to maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll have to settle in and watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's really, I think it's on Hulu. Is it? Okay. I think well, so. I can... It was for a long time. I'm, I'm, I can't be positive. But it's really, it's a solid. And it's very McKay. It's super stylistic in his way. You are uh, welcome to send in a question, a comment, an erotic story, uh, anything. Uh, hate mail, tmckernan at insidestl.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at insidestl.com. And uh, participate in the presentation. You are welcome to be a participant by emailing in tmckernan at insidestl.com. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Gave up, how long did we go here? I'm going to hold on. I, have, I honestly have no idea. Sure. Let's see what time is it? It's 105. I'm going to say we went an hour and 40 minutes. Hour 42 and counting right now. <laughs> really? That was really nice. And you priced the right, prices right at it. Yeah, so I know. So you, I went under. I didn't yeah. overbid it, so I'm still alive. And showcase show. You get to play Plinko. <laughs> uh, thank you to all of our sponsors. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. 
Uh, thank you to Design Air Heating and Cooling, Seth Goldcamp. Thank you to Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson at Munganess, stlouisaccurate.com and altontoyota.com. Thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. And thank you to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. And, of course, Brian from Brian's Paint, where we got our place uh, painted a couple of months ago. Absolutely the best. Check him out on Brian's Paint on Facebook. All right. Time for us to wrap this one up. Looking forward to the fact that we'll be getting back into some interviews, Jackson. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be. I've never been a part during the interview phase of it, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. I have no idea because I kind of look back and I go, "Man, I'm surprised I asked that question." It's a read on the comfort level, and there really hasn't been one. Here's oh, this is so. This is before your time. When I say the name Bob Richards, does that mean anything to you? No. Bob Richards was a the chief meteorologist at KSDK, and he and Mike Bush, Mike Bush was a sports guy, Bob, and you know him as a news anchor now. Yeah. Uh, Bob Richards, the weather guy, and he used to do these commercials where they would joke around with each other, and, you know, and he uh, died in a plane crash. Oh, wow. And um, and when Mike Bush was in, I was like, man, can I ask him about that? Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a tough, tough thing to broach. And I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable. I can go there. I did. And, you know, had a good conversation about it. Right. Tough to- topic. Mm-hmm. Marcus Allen comes in. I'd played golf with Marcus Allen a few times. Gotten to know him. Uh, not real well, but played golf with him, you know, I don't know, three or four times. And, uh, you know, he's living in the Metro East at the time. He's since relocated to Atlanta. But uh, I'm like, this guy's, this guy's kind of getting comfortable. Can I go OJ? Oh, yeah. Hmm. And it fortunately, I was starting. I was starting to lean toward yes, which I never thought going into the interview. Yeah, yeah. And I asked him something about his relationship with Al Davis because it got rough at the end, mm-hmm. and then he wound up finishing his career with the Chiefs. And I'm sure he loved being in the AFC West to beat the Raiders yeah, and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And when I asked him about the Davis family and Al Davis, even then I was just Marcus Allen. Doug calls people smooth dogs, the smoothest of dogs. Right. And uh, and I just watched him matumbo my question so <laughs> so gently. He just swatted it out of the air. It was almost like slow motion, but yeah. he did it like a like he had been you know in office for six years in the White House. Right. It was just so beautiful. And I'm looking at him, and he knows I know what he's doing, and I know he knows what I'm doing, and we're just kind of going, oh, okay, we're gonna dance, and that tells me, do not go OJ. Do not, if I can't get a question about Al Davis answered that was really a very, relatively speaking, kind of shallow question. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like super shallow, but it wasn't real deep. There's no way in the world this thing's going to end if I ask about OJ. So, you know, point being, I love getting somebody in a studio and having a conversation with them. I guess now people are kind of comfortable with Zoom. So yeah, maybe you can now, now it's not what it was at the start of the pandemic that you can get answers that you wouldn't have gotten initially when people are like oh, this is weird I'm sitting here and talking to you there so that because I know inevitably like I want to have Joe Buck on real soon yeah and I could see him going yeah I'm just I'm not gonna because I've been listening to his podcast and he's so paranoid about getting COVID there's mm-hmm. no way in the world he's gonna do this um you know at, le- at least before the end of the football season yeah, b- yeah. B- without you know doing it over Zoom I'm sure he'd do it over Zoom but. Anyway, and then whatever Maroon and I wind up doing, I'm looking forward to that. So there's a deep tease on that. So looking forward to a lot of this, uh, the Tim McKernan Show, 
uh, making a glorious return with guests and QFTA and pick six. I'm 55% against the spread. 55% against the spread and a stunning uh, development. So anyway, we got that coming. And, of course, TMA on 105.7 HD2, the plant, TMASTL.com, and YouTube.com slash TMASTL. And Balloon Party from 10 to 11 uh, and the Tim McKernan Show podcast and sound story at MySoundStory.com. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show.